The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus said to his disciples, I tell you, unless your righteousness surpasses that of the scribes and Pharisees, you will not enter into the kingdom of heaven. You have heard that it was said to your ancestors, you shall not kill, and whoever kills will be liable to judgment. But I say to you, whoever is angry with his brother will be liable to judgment, and whoever says to his brother Raka will be answerable to the Sanhedrin, and whoever says you fool will be liable to fiery Gehenna. Therefore, if you bring your gift to the altar, and there recall that your brother has anything against you, leave your gift there at the altar. Go first and be reconciled with your brother, and then come and offer your gift. Settle with your opponent quickly while on the way to court with him. Otherwise, your opponent will hand you over to the judge, and the judge will hand you over to the guard, and you will be thrown into prison. Amen, I say to you, you will not be released until you have paid the last penny. The Gospel of the Lord. Good morning. Uh, I'm always amazed at how I think the liturgical week, the readings all fit together. We're in the jet stream of the body and blood of Christ, which was the beginning of this 10th week of the liturgical year. And here we are on Thursday of that 10th week. So on Monday, it's the Beatitudes, very difficult. How do we, how do we accomplish that? Um, on Tuesday, we have to be the salt of the earth. We have to make a difference in the world. Um, today, we're talking about we have to be more righteous than the Pharisees and the scribes. These are all very difficult things. And we put into light of, well, the body and blood of Christ. We can see that there's a connection of these are all very hard things to do if we just will them, but with the body and blood of Christ, we have that help. Now, I was also reading in the, or looking at the first reading, and Moses kind of gets a kind of a raw deal here. Um, it says, uh, whenever Moses is read, the veil lies over the hearts of the children of Israel. Um, seems like, wow, Moses, you know, he, that's not a, <laughs> it's kind of rough for him. Maybe start really thinking about Moses. For 40 years, he led the Israelites and they complained relentlessly all the time for everything, including him. They complained about him. But yet, he was always there for the Israelites. He loved them, kind of what we're called to do with our neighbor. He loved them regardless of their complaints. I really was trying to dig into this, uh, and I ran across a passage, uh, one of the complaints, where uh, Miriam and Aaron. I mean, Aaron, both, both these people were doing 
you would say they were righteous for their time. They, these were good people, but they were complaining about Moses. So I looked at this passage, it's in Numbers, uh, the book of Numbers, uh, chapter 12, and God comes down and talks to Miriam and Aaron, and Moses listens, but it's directed at them. He says, listen carefully to what I'm telling you. If there is a prophet of God among you, I make myself known to him in visions. I speak to him in dreams, but I don't do it with my servant Moses. He is the run of my entire house. I speak to him intimately in person, in plain talk without riddles. He ponders the very form of God. Have you ever been entrusted with somebody else's keys to their house and they trust you so completely that they're, it's for you to do? I mean, it's, they trust you. They, you've built up that trust you don't want to take any advantage of that at all. You feel so wonderful about the trust that that person has given you. We think about how Moses was able to love those Israelites that complained. He had a very close relationship with God, something that, well, it's interesting If we look to tomorrow, the solemnity of the sacred heart of Jesus, might there be some connections there? If we look at what Margaret Mary Alico said that Jesus told her, he said, behold my inflamed heart, which has so loved men as to leave nothing behind, nothing else is possible. You know, I, I've done it all, even to the exhausting and consuming of itself, to testify to them its love. This was the sacred heart of Jesus. He left nothing. He even allowed himself to be consumed and exhausted. I was thinking about Moses again. So Moses had this relationship with God. He has the run of my entire house. It sounds like the keys to the kingdom that Peter got, doesn't it? Jesus gave Peter the keys to the kingdom. Jesus spoke intimately and in person with the disciples. In plain talk without riddles, Remember the passage? He says, to you, my disciples, I talk plainly. The disciples and Moses both pondered God in Jesus, and Moses saw God, but did he also see that totally sacrificing heart of Jesus? If we think about the end of the life of Moses, he doesn't go into the promised land. He totally gave everything for the people that God loved. He loved those people like God did. 
and he left nothing else. He didn't get the reward. He left himself uh, completely um, exhausted and consumed up on the mountain as he watched, as he died, and knew that the Israelites would move into Israel. This is the secret. This is the answer, I think, as we look for tomorrow and we look back at the body and blood of Christ, the answer to those questions of how do we reach the Beatitudes? How do we be happy? It's with the sacred heart of, Christ, of Jesus. It's, that's, that's the answer. That self-sacrificing heart that needs to flow through us in everything that we do. Let us stand and offer our petitions.